right, we are live. What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Schrem, your host, and we're here with Voyager CEO Steve Ehrlich for the Golden Record broadcast and Untold Stories, hopefully the Untold Stories podcast as well. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, it's actually your show. Oh, glad to be here again. It's on our show. It's not my show. It's, not, it's our show, right? It's it's, it's our show together. Good to be and- chat with you on our show. We got to uh, record three episodes of this show uh, prior to, I think it was prior to New Year's. And um, everyone could go on the Voyager YouTube channel to watch some of those shows. But it's fun to like see the updates and the changes that Voyager has gone through uh, in those months. I was just uh, like reminiscing with uh, with Amoteo earlier and, and my wife, how like I remember when Voyager was just. Uh, had a little booth in the corner in a in a Bitcoin conference in Vegas a few years ago, and and look what you guys are now. Just announced the other day, one point one billion dollars assets under management. Congratulations! Uh, what do you think about that? It's been crazy since the last time you and I got together. A couple of things, right? One point one billion. We raised one hundred fifty billion. The Bucks win the Super Bowl, so we get all those things. And uh, but no, it's been a wild. Uh, wild ride for us. It's been astounding what we've been able to uh, accomplish. And we don't see anything slowing down. Uh, business just keeps you know, pouring in, new customers coming into the platform. Um, we're excited by all this growth, but I think it's a bigger story behind that. You know, our growth is, you know, is, is there and it's because adoption's happening, right? We see more and more people coming into the crypto market. And I think what sets us apart is the ability to have all these other coins in our own token. Um, and it's really gained a lot of, of consumers into our platform with some of the things we have coming too. But it's exciting. I mean, since the last time we we got together, it's been uh, been a, a a lot of work. Uh, got through the new year. Uh, a lot of things happened. One point one bill, as we said, and and one hundred and forty six million dollars raised on our balance sheet now, which is just awesome. Puts when us in talk- a whole nother level. When you're talking about about crypto, you're talking about Voyager eventually becoming like everyone's de facto financial system everything that you ever do in finance information and anything voyager will 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 be that company um and so the other day i think it was like in january or december the end of january you started going through like an amazing exceptional growth but i didn't so usually when you have apps or companies or projects it's like the reddit screen of death because they like shut down and crash the apps of these companies right i didn't notice any issue with anything from from the transfers to the to the Bitcoin withdrawals for 58 coins and tokens, you have to run and maintain 58 different node infrastructure. It's crazy. I didn't notice a a, a downgrade in the quality of the app, and I never felt an issue at all. However, with that crazy growth, you had to implement a wait list, and and so I wanted to ask, and a lot of people are going through it and are very excited about it. Instead of like having a million people just start using the app immediately, why create the waitlist idea to focus on like, or I guess I'm going to answer my question. I'm not going to do it. But why go? How, do, how did you know immediately how to deal with growth that was so crazy within mon- one month you were getting more user signups than you had already in the past? Yeah, well, we did have an issue, right? January 28th, 29th, we had an issue. We were down for uh, a period of time where our team was amazingly rebuilt the entire infrastructure and put a lot of things in place so we could scale quicker and quicker and quicker. And there might be, uh, you know, there are times where it might be uh, scaling on the fly and people see a little bit of stuff on that. Uh, but we scale on the fly. Uh, we re- literally went from 40,000 user accounts, funded accounts 
the end of December to 106 by the end of January. Um, and, you know, we decided to go to the wait list when we had that downtime on the 28th and 29th of January. Speaking with my partner and, and co-founder, Oscar Salazar, we're like, let's go to the wait list approach. Let's make sure we can scale this judiciously. Uh, our expectations had been to be, you know, 100,000 users a couple of months down the line, not go from 40 to 100 in Oscar literally one sailed, month. Oscar scaled Uber, right? He was one yeah, of the people well, that, that was built the key, and... right? That was the key. You know, we got on the phone immediately and like, Oscar, what do we do here? He's like, uh, hey, let's put it in a wait list. Let's get, you know, we brought a whole second team of developers with us and architects to help us scale it out and immediately went into, into action to do that. And his first comment was, ah, this is old hat. I did this at Uber. So it was kind of, you know, we had the right guy who was guiding us on how to do it. And we have that wait list now. And we think in a really short time frame coming up here, we're going to be back to uh, live account opening. Uh, we're excited by that. And, um, you know, consumers will be able to go back to the traditional way of, of downloading the app and get through our funnel in, in three minutes or less. Uh, it'll happen sooner rather than later. So we're excited about awesome. that. Awesome. That's a really amazing thing. And it's uh uh the waitlist is a rolling thing too. So everyone's getting they're getting accepted as they as they signed up. Yeah. Uh and it's like such a product of this uh crazy bull market that we're in, but it really doesn't kind of like feel like a bull market. It feels the same that it felt the last time we did our show before before uh the new year. And you know, I, I talked to a lot of retail traders, I see a lot of people on Twitter and social media, but uh uh in, in Voyager, in, in the in the token and in, in the publicly traded stock, you have a lot of funds, you have a lot of institutions that are coming in as well, buying Bitcoin through Voyager. Where do they think we are in this bull run? The institutions are getting in now. They're not stupid. They don't get in late to things. Well, look, I think, well, they did in electronic trading, if you remember that. And I, I you know, as you know, I tend to cross the line of the old school with what's happening now. In the late 90s, early 2000s, online trading was really the privy of retail consumers. Institutions didn't come in. We sold our business into E-Trade in 99, and we started being the first to adopt institutional online trading. Uh, so they're a little bit later into the game here too as well in crypto. But I think the difference here is, and I think we've seen it over the last couple of weeks, retail consumers are flocking to cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin or one of the other 50-something odd coins we have. And the reason they're flocking to, it's the only fair market. It's the only fair and equitable market for retail consumers. You don't have market makers of size and you don't have the same structure you do in the equities and option markets where the institutions play such a, a key role. And you start with GameStop, right? And we have the testimony uh, going on today uh, You know that those guys control so much that retail consumers felt that they were put behind the institutions in that. And crypto is the only market retail investors can go to and make more money than the institutions can. And I think that's awesome for retail investing and why we've always focused on retail. We're going to stay focused on retail. We, we want to make sure our consumers all create wealth through crypto. What was happening there with, with uh, the whole GameStop Robinhood thing in, in a nutshell? And, and how would that have been different if, if it was a crypto that was, that was being traded well, it, it is crypto that's being traded. Yeah. Uh, look, I think overall, you know, if there wasn't a better use case for their financial trading markets to be on the blockchain and in crypto, then there was nothing better than the GameStop issue. You know, rumors of 140% of the GameStop uh, shorted, like that couldn't happen 
on the blockchain, right? You can't double use a coin to 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 short it on the blockchain. It would never happen. Um, and so I think there was this whole steamroll effect of uh, consumers seeing that, realizing that that you know some institution was trying to to, to overshort uh, the stock, and they just you know retail consumers came together and fought back. And I think uh, kudos to, to retail consumers for for showing their muscle. Uh, it just goes through cycles. You know, day trading was a big thing in the late '90s, early 2000s, where retail consumers were really doing really well. And then rules came in place on pattern day trading, which limited day traders, uh, the number of day traders, because you had to have 25,000 in an account to do that. I think the same thing, you know, I, it, the same thing happened on, on the GameStop. And I think, look, it, it comes back to who's really going to uh, control the markets long term. And I think retail consumers have their place in the market to earn earn wealth and create wealth. Yeah. Well, just yesterday, so you see a lot of like... Um MicroStrategy buying hundreds of millions of dollars of Bitcoin and all these major companies and banks and financial institutions that are not even public in, publicly announcing it. And then yesterday you had the Motley Fool that just announced that they're putting a very nice $5 million worth of Bitcoin on their balance sheet. A very sound, actually a very good number. And, and people who have a good net worth, like $100 million plus, that's a very solid number to to allocate in, into crypto. It doesn't you're not, you're not supposed to be putting all of everything in, into this. And they outlined why. And to me, that was a big turning point when they did it because Motley Fool is one of the oldest investing advisory firms in, in, in the world, right? Yeah, I think it's, it is a turning point. And I think we've seen a lot of turning points over the last 12 months, right? Sure. I think if you go back, uh, the situation, the COVID pandemic started almost 12 months ago and March 12th was a turning point, right? When Bitcoin went to 3,500, and rebounded back. All that is turning points. Every single one of these things that have happened over the last 12 months has helped gain, you know, more notoriety for, for cryptocurrencies, have people come into the ecosystem. Motley Fool coming in is great. Yeah, five million, that's fine. I mean, and I think yeah. we're seeing it on our side because corporations are coming to us and saying, Hey, uh, can I buy a little Bitcoin and hold it with you? You know, do we can I buy some USDC and earn the interest with you? So we're seeing this adoption of this. You know, there's no doubt in my mind over the next you know few years, every every corporate treasury is going to hold USDC or Bitcoin on their balance sheet, and they're going to earn interest, and they're going to create, uh, you know, they're going to create themselves to have a better, more you know, sound treasury department. I just think that's happening. It's already happening. If everyone's getting better yield, and crypto companies are getting broker dealer licenses, they're getting publicly traded, they're getting banking licenses, trusts. Uh, it's moving in that direction. How will like regular banks compete now? Will they start offering crypto services? You think they'll offer like higher interest? Like how are they really gonna? How is how are these you know banks that you see on street corners? I mean they have they're like McDonald's. They have hundreds of branches that only two people walk into per day. Yeah, well the whole branch strategy is something that blows my mind still. What's to gonna this happen day. there? That's crazy. I, look, I think it's changing. I think we started that change way back you know twenty years ago. E-Trade bought Telebank, which was an online bank, uh, and they stayed true to the online banking. Then they opened branches, but then they shut them down because they realized, you know, branch strategy it only works in certain markets. It doesn't work in in a lot of a lot of markets. Uh, I think banks will have to change their model. I think that the the bank on your local corner, uh, some of the banks we use, they're going to have to get into crypto, meaning not just process 
you know, ACHs and wires, yeah. but actually hold crypto and bring those crypto offerings to consumers. It's great for us. I mean, obviously, you know, we could we could power a lot of that for those people. But I think they will have to do that on their balance sheet. Uh, look, the OCC already said that, you know, OCC regulated banks can hold crypto on their balance sheet. So that's going to come. These models are going to change. But, you know, a bank changing the way they do business. It's like ones. a battleship. It's like a battleship in the ocean. You know, we'll see it. In the, you know, battleship takes four days to turn around. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens with these banks. Speaking of of programs, the I know that you guys have been spending so much time and energy and effort, whole department on the new Voyager lo loyalty program, the VLP, and and we've talked about that before. As you know, you're conceptualizing it and then coming out, but there's all the announcements are out now. All the details are out are are out now. Uh, the LGO VGX token merger, token swap, uh, is not only well loved by the community right now, but you guys took the feedback from the golden record episode that we did. You took feedback from social media. You made changes, tweaks, and adjustments. And then the community freaking loves it. I mean, look at the price of the token. Look at the feedback you're getting. The only question, I'm, I get a few questions, but really the major question is when a lot of people are asking. Yeah. So, so first we did, we, we, from our uh, golden record, from some of the tweets I got, DMs I got, and just reading Twitter and reading social media, we made changes. Uh, we made the base of the whole program being owning ownership of Voyager token, which we think is really important to unlock the ecosystem. That doesn't mean we don't think uh, there's other programs that could go in place at some point in time. Uh, but we wanted the core of the program to always be based on the Voyager token. We heard the feedback. We think it's a, it's great. You, you, you move up levels in airline points and so forth by getting those airline miles and you can gain more, more Voyager tokens by using the platform and engaging. Uh, so to the swap, you know, we're working, everything's going great on the security audit. Uh, we're working with various exchanges on this. Uh, you know, we're hopeful in the next, you know, six to eight weeks, we can get it launched, uh, and in, you know, out there and get the swap done. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts with it sure. and you got to work with the, the, you know, MetaMask, you've got to get a whole bunch of things that things that have to get done. So we're there, we're, we're getting closer and closer. Uh, but the key part was getting actually the, the economics of the Voyager loyalty program out into the marketplace. Yeah, that was the hardest part. And you get to like, uh, it's it's a great testament to what economics is because it's it's half math, half science, like uh, a development, but it's also half like uh, social. It's, it's our psyche. Yeah. If, and if people didn't like it, then then there's no point of doing it. Um, users were asking if the VLP will be actually promoted and talked about within the Voyager app itself. Yeah, we're working on some things on that front. You know, key for us, really with the Voyager app is to make sure that based upon what happened, you know, January 28th, 29th, we keep scaling and by adding more things into the app, we're scalable. Uh, we will promote it in the app at some point, you know, no set timeframe on that. But you did mention something like all the Voyager loyalty program details are out. Not all because, you know, I would never, you know, I never, ever, ever puke everything out all at once. So I, I hate that. I hate when companies do that and say like, here's everything and, and there's nothing left. Um, we expect to make changes to the program, add more things where you can earn more tokens, uh, bring more engagement type uh, usage to the to the platform and therefore gain tokens from using just using the platform and being on the platform. We have a whole plan of additional things to come there. Uh, I my team knows this all the time. I always say I hate puking stuff out. I just want to put some out, get people excited uh, and have them come back and want to keep using the, you know, the platform and trade. 
and do other things. So there's more to come. It's not everything yet. You know, I was I was actually struggling with with this this yesterday a little bit because a friend called me up who's actually Canadian and he was asking me about Voyager. Um, and so so the question I have for you is is really you're the the first, if not one of the only companies, to really push the token forward and say this this token word that got dirty in in 2017. We're gonna make it awesome and clean and great. And uh, focusing on that has been so important. So you, so people, how do you explain to some institutions or really just like friends and family who don't know anything about crypto? Uh, it's very simple to explain what a stock is and, and what, yep. the, the, what that is. But like from a high level and someone who doesn't know what crypto is, like what framework does this token fit into? Like it's a bare asset that gamifies like how do you explain it to people and institutions uh, it's pretty interesting I, I it's a great question i look at it and say hey um you know we are creating our own loyalty program off this off of this asset mm -hmm. and you know, we're trying to you know in, encourage people to use the platform gain wealth from our token because they're getting all these rewards and benefits back for it so a lot of cases i say hey look at your marriott Marriott rewards, look at your American Airlines rewards or any of those hotel or airlines and think about if they were able to put those on the blockchain, put them on, make an ERC-20 token out of it and let people engage and, and trade them and, and create wealth and buy more because they want to use it to pay for an airline ticket and so forth. That's what we're doing here is, is, is basically took a, a, a token, trying to build an entire community around the token. And that community is growing. Pat Ackman has some great stuff about this. Uh, he writes on Medium about the Voyager token and the Metcalf's law, about more and more people that that join our community, join the platform, get more benefits by it. We're going to buy more tokens. So it's it winds up being simple economics, right? You know, the demand is exceeding the supply. And the supply is kind of cut at a certain number. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's 7% uh, staking interest each year. But that's the only increase in those tokens. And we're going to burn some back. So it's a, a finite number. Airline miles are not finite. You keep flying, you get more. There's no finite pool of them. We have a finite pool over this over time. So it's a valued valued asset that you can use to get more services. Hey, you know, uh, might use it, you know, allow people to buy some, some Voyager gear shortly using tokens and get discounts oh, awesome. by paying in tokens and so forth. Uh, we got all these concepts, but I think that's what we want is we want to build, we want to be the financial services firm of the future. And we think the coin and the token is so important to that. Uh, and that's why we put so much time and effort into it. And funny little story. I did a presentation with the Canadian Securities Exchange a couple of days ago and Trevor from Polymath oh, called awesome. us a double unicorn. You know, Trevor, he's, yeah, yeah he, we, we were talking about you. And Trevor was like, you guys are a double unicorn in uh, Canadian yeah. dollars. We are soon to be U.S on the stock and the token. So, you know, it's what you've created is, is as a company is insane. Um, and we're excited because those consumers are so important to us and, and being able to create wealth through that token and the stock to, to our customers is just makes me feel good. Makes me sleep really well at night. Although it's only five hours. <laughs> DeFi, DeFi, DeFi. You keep hearing me talk about it. And we know at the same time that the stock market is at record highs, but the economy is broken in recession. Government debt is off the charts. They're printing trillions of dollars. We need a new financial system. And I've been talking about it. We've all been talking about it. Decentralized finance. We know that too. We know that there's like $40 billion in value sitting in all these DeFi protocols. And it's barely a year 
old. It's new decentralized finance and it's brilliant and it works. And there's a lot of money to be made in things like yield farming, being able to provide liquidity, but a lot of them are high risk. There's scams and rug pulls that are so common to investors. We don't want to repeat what happened a few years ago in the crypto space. But what if there was a way to access those DeFi yields in a safe and transparent way. Well, I had the CEO, Tim Frost of Yield.app, my newest sponsor on the show. Listen to that show and check out Yield.app because here you have this team that is constantly filtering through all these DeFi investments. They're consolidating your gas fees and they're only investing in a select few that generate more than 20%. But their risk is not, they're not just investing in these tokens and waiting for them to do well. They're also providing liquidity. They're doing yield farming. All these low risk, high investment to make the uh, infrastructure more efficient and better. So not only you're investing and making money, but you're also helping to grow this ecosystem. Make sure you check them out at yield.app. That's yield.app. And listen to the untold stories with Tim Frost, the CEO. What do, what do you think people, not just crypto folk, but what do you think people want to see tokenized down the road? Do they want to see tokenized stocks? Do we want to see tokenized buildings? The, the user interface and user experience of Voyager is getting us there. I, I imagine myself being able to do some crazy things in the app down the road. But what do people want? What do the users, because you have to create the products for what they want. Yeah, I think stocks is a big one. I think, um, you know, first phase for us is to allow stock trading in there, and, and we're working on that. We'll, you know, hopefully in the next uh, four or six weeks, we'll have some good stuff on that. Uh, but, you know, we think the trading of stocks is important. We think that will lead to the tokenization of securities. I think it's a must in the financial services industry. Tokenization of securities is an absolute must in the future to make the stock markets more efficient. No doubt about that. Uh, and this could be like a very stupid question. But what's the point of so if like the SEC came out and said we are now a de you know, decentralized organization and you can submit your prospectus to us and get it approved or whatever and you have to follow all the same security like the same auditing every month and, and financial reporting and everything like that but essentially like what's the point of getting listed on like a, a Nasdaq or whatever why not just go public through a token through the government or is the capital infusion and the liquidity not there yet? Like there's still people need to go public. There needs to be tradable stocks because that's where all the other financial products are. And that's how they all connect to each other. Does that kind of make sense? It, yeah, it does make sense. And I think the, the reason why you go public is you got, you need access to the capital markets and there's not as many players uh, in the tokenized capital markets yet. Uh, even some of the big exchanges, uh, in the tokenized world. What are we talking world? about? How much money here? Oh, you I mean, in the tokenized world is pennies compared to the capital markets, the traditional capital markets. Pennies. Pennies. Like you you talk to some of the tokenized exchanges, the ATSs, uh, T-Zeros of the world, maybe they have 10 companies listed on their platform. It's nothing. You know, there's nothing there yet. Uh, it will come. And so I think companies, even guys like Coinbase, you know, going to go public, which is, I'm hearing 50 times revenue, I'm very happy yeah. about that, by That's the way. 50 times revenue. Three times their AUM. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nutsy numbers we're talking about. With they that. have like 40, 30 or $40 billion AUM. And I think their valuation is looking at like 80 to 100 billion. So it's like yeah. something crazy. Like 100 that. billion is what I heard just yesterday. Yeah. And that's like 50 times revenue. Uh, I, I, I could do the math on my own company. And boy, it just, 
that's crazy numbers, uh, you know, for valuation of, of what we should be if, if those numbers are accurate. But I think they're going to go public because they could, it's the quickest liquidity event for their holders of the stock, uh, for employees. And I don't think we're there yet in the tokenized world. But I promise you, I know it's coming. I know there's a lot of great exchanges out there on the tokenized and it will get there. There's no doubt about it. We will get there. Oh, um, a completely different topic question, but so I've been, so as the waitlist has been going, I've been like getting, I get emails every day. You've earned $25. You've earned $25. I'm like, I'm the king of referring a friend. I, I've probably earned $500 of Bitcoin because, and it's, no one realizes it is the best affiliate program out there right now, especially all you have to do is get, all you have to do is if you refer your friend to Voyager and they download the app and fund it with a hundred dollars, you get $25 in Bitcoin. So it's like you can live off of that. You just get like a few people a week and it's like awesome. Um, but what's the send to a friend feature? I just saw that. Yeah, we're working on uh, launching that in very near future where you can send it to somebody else, you know, send to a friend and get them signed up by just sending the tokens through our send of a friend app uh, feature on the app. So you can makes it real easy. Someone could claim that and open an account in, in a minute. That's so cool. And yeah, it's, it's, and then the other side of that is just not the account. It's like, if you're out, uh, you know, you or I betting on the Super Bowl, and I took the, uh, I took the Chiefs, you took the Bucks, and you would win. And even if I gave you, yeah. even if I took the 20 points, I think you win. Uh, you know, you win the bet, I can just pay you in Bitcoin, you know, instantaneously with no fees. It's not going on the blockchain. It's going between me and you. Uh, and I think, you know, there's a lot of, lot of use cases for that too. And we're getting, we're actually getting inbound requests from um, corporate entities, bodegas and, and things like that, that want to, want to be part of that because they want people to be able to pay using USDC or BTC or something like that and save the fees from the sure. traditional rails. What's the future of the cash economy? Like cash is really big in the U.S. and a lot of countries still too. And it, I don't think it's ever going to go away. What's the future of that, do you think? Look, I think my bet is that it's going to continually decrease. And people will use we use apps and just pay each other on USDC coin and digitally or pay in Bitcoin or one of the other coins. I, there's no doubt about it. I think the COVID uh, pandemic we've been in, you know, I have a, you know, kids who are, you know, son and daughter who are in their 20s and, you know, they're going to go to a bar. Nobody's going to pay in, in dollars anymore. They're going to be like that. Ah, dirty dollars. Don't. Yeah, touch yeah it. it's true. You're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna use QR codes. They're gonna do things like that to pay bills. I just don't look. We're in it now. If you go to a restaurant in New York City, even the, uh, you know, which is rare. You know, I think they've opened up twenty five. It's like if you've now. been to a restaurant in New York City, I'm like, what? Yeah, what I don't know how many York? people here. You know, I, I did on Sunday, so that's why I can say that as a. Uh, but you know, you get the menu on the QR code, so I think eventually your bill is going to come on the QR code. You're just going to be able to boom, done pay, and nobody has to hold debit cards, credit cards, you're going to do everything off your off QR codes and your swipe and your phone. There's no doubt about it. It's it's just going to take a little longer. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so it's every, different every, up here in New York. It's yeah. different in New York than Florida. Florida is like a uh, COVID-free world. It's, it's, it was such a different world down here. And, uh, and I don't want to talk about like COVID a lot, but it's, it's, I think I can't wait to study down the road all the different responses and, and see how, like what the perfect response like would have been, you know, cause hopefully if this ever happens again in the future, we'll know, we'll know how to deal with it. Um, 
in the Voyager app itself, every every coin and token has different interest rates that you can you can get, yep. and and uh, there's largely so. Uh, but but now with the new wave of of DeFi, I have projects that actually ask me to like for introductions to you guys, but the problem is is that they have their own DeFi infrastructure built into their blockchain. For example, like decentralized staking of their own token and other tokens. How could you work with those? Companies in the future, we have a we have a task force uh, looking task at force. that as well. Love that uh, trying to you know as we're going bigger, I have task force, I have strike forces. It's kind of like it, it's it's a lot of the stuff we're putting together was stuff we did at E Trade way back in the day. Uh, but you know we're looking at that like how we could engage uh, and embrace DeFi a little bit more than just selling the tokens. Like how do we do that and how do we take on? There's so many great projects. You know a lot of them. You work sure. with a lot of these guys, and I think we could we can add some level in there to bring those projects to a broader audience. Uh, you know, we have something like over 500,000 users on the app now. So uh, some just use us for market data, but we have that many people on the app. So we could bring those things to the market. We're just thinking about the right way to do it and engage with a lot of those projects. So that's our little task force. My, uh, my wife's manager, my wife's an actress, so and she's gonna be in a film in upstate New York at the end of uh, at the end of April. You should come up to the set; it'll be fun. I know it's um, awesome. Tell me Filming when. Is it's, it's only a couple I, hour drive. I will. And uh, so her manager the other day, they were uh, going over something, and she downloaded the Voyager app, and to uh, she was like, "Yeah, I want to get into some crypto. I want to get into some crypto." She downloaded the Voyager app, and she doesn't know anything about crypto. She didn't know. She downloaded the app and just bought VGX when it was at a dollar. And she goes, Charlie, I'm making so much money on Bitcoin right now. I'm like, how? It's going up, but it's like you didn't buy a lot. And then she showed me her app, and she didn't even get any Bitcoin at all. And it was just so funny and so great. I wanted to share that story with you. I think we're. I think the token is over four dollars. Yeah, this morning. Uh, yeah, uh, woke up to a nice surprise and uh, happy to see that. And uh, next stop five, next stop six. And um, look, I think as more and more people come on that platform and. And sure. we get the wait list off our plate and people come back in. It's just going to go. There's just so much more opportunity. The amount of people, I literally get 40 to 50 Twitter DMs every single day from consumers. Uh, like, hey, when can I get off the wait list? When can I get off the wait list? And it's moving fast. Uh, but uh, once we get rid of the wait list, I think it's just going to be, you know, we're yeah, gonna it's going to be crazy. More. And, yeah. and the, the beauty of it is that the users now will never real will never see a difference because the app is always, and this was something very important, especially when you're trading financial services, is consistency and reliability. That's the one thing that we fall and fall flat on our faces, us as a crypto in industry over the years. That that has ended bull markets when infrastructure. I mean, the, there's still jokes about Coinbase going. They still go down. They're going public. You know, it's <laughs> it's. Um, well, look, I think. I think to that point, we look, we try to scale on the fly. We don't want to take the app down as we see it. We have our scaling mechanisms and we have tons of monitoring in place. Uh, you know, we, we're trying to do it all on the fly and keep scaling so consumers have the best experience they can. You know, it might, you know, it, it might cause a little glitch here or there, but I think we're, we're in a pretty good spot now. Um, one of the, 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 yeah, and I, I love it. One of the, the uh, um, questions that I, that I get a lot it's still very difficult for me to answer. It's not a Voyager related question. It's it's more of like the crypto industry right now that's that are offering these percentages. So I know we've talked about it be so, before about the eight point five percent and and how you guys got to that number and 
and that it's sustainable. And then there are the boosters. So you can get with the new VLP, you can get up to 9.75%, I think, on your USDC, which is amazing, amazing, especially because it doesn't require you to go through all these crazy DeFi hoops and liquidity hodgepodge and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we're, I, I, we'll kind of leave off with this question. A lot of people, you know, were born and bred and, and, and raised thinking that our interest rates from the bank are tied to like the Federal Reserve rates. And, 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 I, and it's, I don't, the, the, screw the banks. It's their fault. They'll like, they'll like literally lower their rate to raise their rates and send emails at the same day. The Fed, but it's not. Those rates are tied to how much money the banks are making, but they still only give us a half a percent. I think you told me once the banks make like 16 or 17 percent per dollar of our money. Like what's they going do. on there? They do. And I think it's look, the models were set up differently. Right. And it comes back to what you said earlier. You have, you know, some of the biggest banks with all these branches. You have to pay for that infrastructure somehow. Mm. So instead of the, the spreads they're making going back to the consumer, they're going back to pay their infrastructure. And I think that's part of the overall issue with banking because yeah fed's giving money out at zero percent you know really low rates to, to member banks and they're turning that capital in and they're investing it and they're making loans and they're you know the home equity loans are pretty low but then they're turning into auto loans that are six seven eight ten percent and i think that there's they just need that that spread there sure. uh, to pay for infrastructure and people have gotten accustomed to it right i mean people were accustomed to paying 150 dollars a stock trade back in 2000 and that's gone to zero. So I think what we're getting to is, you know, a disintermediation of the banks. I do believe in DeFi more and more and more will take a mm. bigger part. I think it's hard for a lot of people to conceptualize, like me trading directly with you or loaning straight to you. So it will take time. But players like us are playing that middleman to bring those parties together to give all that value back to consumers. It's it's a it's a retail focused strategy versus an institutional focused strategy. And anyone could be anyone because blockchains don't require permission to join so you say market makers right now if i hold enough of a coin like of if i own enough vgx and its trading pair i could go on uniswap and be a liquidity provider and get paid by the market for just being a liquidity provider me little old charlie like it's a crazy yep. world that we live in Yep, you could. Uh, look, I think that's the value of blockchain and the value of crypto is you become you become your own financial service company, you become your own bank, you take control of your your you know your finances. And we we again think of things as everything's fungible. Stocks are fungible, your cash is fungible, crypto. It's like you should be able to use your money 24-7, 365. There's absolutely no reason the stock market is closed. As many hours yeah. as it is, or back. Well, I, I kind of like it though, to be honest with you. Like, I like. I'm like waiting for the end of market day sometimes. I'm stressed out. I don't mind it. Like, the more the, <laughs> the more the stock market's closed, the better it is, you know, for crypto because we're never closed. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, you get the fallover. People who may trade nine thirty to four, you know, from four to ten at night, you yeah. know, they're trading crypto. So oh, I, I don't really want them to go that way, but it shouldn't be that way. But can I take it a step further? Can I like want my house to be fungible? Can I want my building to be my, I have vacation rentals. I want fungibility there. Like I want liquidity there. Yeah. You should tokenize some of those. Start your own kind of tokenized REIT uh, on all your properties. Right. And I'm trying to, but I swore off doing anything that requires a license, like even cutting hair for the rest of my <laughs> life. I don't want anything to do <laughs> with that. These licenses That's or a fair point. It's a, it's a very fair point. Uh, don't do that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, 
no, but I think that was, there's opportunities for people and people sure. will do some of that. And, and uh, but that's where I think these tokenized security platforms will come in because they'll only work with accredited investors. And then we have to figure out how to bring it down to the retail masses. But uh, we're just, to me, everything's fungible. Whatever you own, it should be fungible. You should be able to loan against it when, it, when you want. Well, get a home equity line on your, your properties. That could take weeks, if not months. Like that makes no sense to me. Uh, you know, get all this info on the blockchain, and everybody can borrow whenever they want against it. I and and it's it's my fault. It's my ignorance here is that I only understood lending as something you'd borrow, but never really worry about repaying. Like, okay, mortgages, credit card debt is you know rolling, student debt. These are just like we think of debt as just the only way, but really debt is more about the ability to borrow against. Okay, let me take this back. Let's look at debt transactionally, right? Yep. Like, let's look at, okay, I have a deal. How do I borrow for 30 days to complete the deal, then pay it back? If I could, if I owned a secondary property that was worth $100,000 and I just needed $50,000 in liquidity for 30 days, right? To purchase, like for something or whatever, there's no, like, it's, so cumbersome to do what I just described on vacation rentals, just a 30 day hard money loan. Oh my God, it's impossible. It's, it's, it would it's take cal- 30 days. Oh, it take 30 days. Through. And I have yeah, a terrible credit through. score. I have, and, and, and yeah. That, I mean, look, I think all these things got to get fungible. I mean, people, it'll just help the economy, right? When you think about it, if you've got a house, a rental home, and you want to borrow and it's worth $200,000 and you want to borrow 25 grand to go do something else buy stock, buy US, you know, we're seeing a lot of people actually take home equities and take the cash and put it in USDC. Yeah. So they could, you know, they're playing the spread game. And that's look, what I'm you doing. Do that, you I hate to that, say it, but I'm selling my boat today. I'm selling Satoshi today and I'm going to move it all into USDC. I miss, look, I, mean, I miss it. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you had a boat up here, it sucks. Down, down there, you could use it 365 days a year. Uh, but I think overall, that's what people want to take you know, they want more yield out of, out of their, out of what they hold in their holdings and everything should be able to generate you yield. But let's go further than that. Let's go further than that. you ready. Why? Okay. Payday lending. It's probably payday lending. I think is one of these industries that is just, and okay. A lot of them are my friends and great, great people, but unfortunately the, a, a very large percentage of them with their egregious rates, it, it pushes people back into poverty and it never lets them get out. And like, if I can make a dent on the world and like make it a little bit easier for people to, to become more equal, you can tokenize paychecks. Like if I work for a company, you can tokenize payday lending. Like in, in, in an instant in the app, people can get loans against their paycheck where, where the paycheck gets paid into the Voyager app. And then you can charge less of a percentage because you don't have to worry about getting, you know, chasing after the person. And so you're doing like six day loans. Oh my God, it's crazy. It's brilliant. Let's do that. Let's figure it out. I mean, I'm let's, serious. Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer in trying to figure out how to pay payroll in USDC, uh, Bitcoin, let people choose what they want. Companies should go. Uh, I got to find the software or we just got to start another project. Yeah. I want to see payroll done on, you know, through yeah, I want to get paid of crypto. in my yeah, Voyager you get paid, app. Right? Yeah. You want to get paid straight into your, your Voyager app with USDC. Exactly. Or, B, or BTC. You don't want it to come in dollars like, you know, some of these micro banks. Yeah, OK, you get your money. to It's cash. Now you got to move it and go buy. It's like, no, you want it into USDC or Bitcoin immediately or any of the other coins, Voyager token, whatever. You want to be able to do that right away. 
could we potentially see the next level and have everyone with a Voyager account almost have like a sub account number type of thing where they can actually get their payroll direct deposit paid into your Voyager account with bypassing a, a bank in the process. And okay. what I mean by that is we're working hard with you. Sort you probably saw and, and viewers probably saw MasterCard came out with some, sure. uh, like they're getting into cryptocurrency. We're working with our payment processor and MasterCard. And so therefore when a debit card comes out, you can actually, you'll have an ABA and, and an eight and your own account number and your paycheck can go straight into that. And you can automatically then say every single, you know, whatever your paycheck is, remember we have the recurring buys in the app. So sure. It comes in, you could say, all right, I'm getting paid, you know, my two grand every Friday. Well, that two grand is going to get automatically bought into USDC. That's the mindset that we have. Like, take it in, convert it immediately. That's what everyone so wants. That's what they want, right? And then we want to, you because of the debit card, you'll be able to use that USDC and go pay, you know, you pay your bills when you go out, you know, buy clothes, go to dinner, whatever. If we ever get to go to dinner again, uh, outside of Florida. The, uh, but we can... <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that's what we all want. We want an ecosystem all within crypto. I love it. Steve, thank you so much for 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 doing another golden record today with us, episode number four. I'm so excited for episode number five. Uh this was such a great, great show. And I we've covered so many things today. Awesome. I'm always always great to hang out with you. And congrats on your bucks. Uh now that's thank you. two championships in Tampa now, the lightning and the bucks. Uh, we missed one. I think the Rays didn't didn't win, so we didn't get the, the baseball Rays, trifecta. The Rays didn't yeah. Win. yeah, the Rays can't win. My Yankees got to beat. That's all that matters. My Yankees got to beat. That's so. fine. That's fine. Uh, you'll That's give fine. me one. You'll throw me one ball. Yeah, I'll take it. Thanks, Steve. Uh, well, thank and you, I'll sir. talk to you later. And thanks for everyone for watching and listening today. And and that was amazing. Get you guys soon.